Audio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the Daft of Scottish Football Podcast around. My name's Stephen Purden and let's welcome your starting lineup. First, a man who this week ended up presenting the travel reports on Go Radio and was very, very good at it. It's Grado. Well done, mate. Yeah, I was doing well at it. Did you did you see my right. did you put my, my videos on that? It was brilliant, right. wasn't it? Right. Back in right. that. There's been a there's been an overturned lorry on uh, the M6, and if you're driving down there, just be careful. I liked all that, mate. It was pure professional. Mate. I, 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 but you know, because I was giving all that. Look, and if you're late for your work, don't have a chip in your shoulder, right? Because <laughs> that is. And then, and then once it once it cleaned up, what was I said? I went and said something like, "Fucking, uh, that's the tatty's all clear now on the M1. Uh, the roads are now looking." Right, I was delighted with myself, right? So, but I was also nervous, right? Because I'm thinking, I hope this guy's all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are pure. But this morning, I made a right ass at the this morning. He's like, right here this morning, just a wee bit at the end, right? It's what? like totally like you're nervous. And I don't know what to say, right? And also at Manford Road at Kings Park and Castle Milk Road, a wee bit of temporary traffic lights there to keep you keep you um, going. <laughs> We 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 got a tra- temporary traffic lights there to, to keep, keep you going. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were good at it, man. You gave it. You gave it. Do you know what, man? Right up until that <laughs> moment, you were you were brilliant. Aye, Honestly, aye, you sounded aye. like somebody after radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, anyway, that's, that's, the high, that's the highest the highest compliment I can give you. There. Aye, it's really it's a, it's a very good compliment. As you sounded like somebody after radio. And now, let's welcome a man who is one of the very few out there, the lucky ones, the jammy ones. I'm very jealous of him. One of the men who has pre-ordered a PlayStation 5. It is Crystal. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Can't, hide, can't hide debt, Stephen. Can't hide debt, mate. Can't hide debt, mate. You can't hide debt. Were you just right in there? Did you wait till it launched and then boom, right in there? You know what? It was... I got a phone call at 8 o'clock this morning, I wouldn't have been woke up otherwise. And I knew that Amazon were getting them at 9, so I thought I'll just stay up and chance my arm. And when I I went on, I typed in PlayStation 5, and any time I clicked on it, it was just taking me back to the search page. And then eventually, I pressed the button and that holy grail appeared, pre-order confirmed. That's a buzz. Is it for you or is it for the wee man or what? Well, I say it's for the wee man, but really it's for the both of us. No, I mean, uh, we, we, play it, we play it together anyway, so. I've said to the missing man, that's what I have for my Christmas, man, but I don't know if she's going to be able to get me one now. Do you know what to do, piece. Stevie? What I would do the now is pre-order controllers. Because I was going to buy the controllers, I was going to buy the headset, and have all the fucking gear apart from the actual console, and then the console's the last piece of the jigsaw. You know what I mean? Right, troops, man, this is coming out of the games, man. Okay, sorry. Let's move on to football. I'm waiting on Dominic Diamond coming on, man. Oh, that man. Hi, fucking... games, master. Can you tell me how to get the, the fast date on Speed Fighter and Street Fighter 2? Well, in front of your concern, I'd cunt. Games, master? What, you never see games, master, Grady? Yeah, games, master, on Channel Dominic 4. Dominic Diamond? Was, was that not the you know guy what? that would... Like, 
pop celebrity fucking breakdowns and all that, and Dominic Diamond would always have an opinion on it. Like, <laughs> <TV> <laughs> he's a talking head. He's a talking head on everything, man. Anthony Stokes has left Livingston without playing a game little over three weeks after joining the club. What's going on there? Mate, that guy's... I've spoke to John about this on Celtic Daft, right? That, that guy's a complete and utter fucking head's gone, isn't he? Aye, like, aye. Have you, ever, have you ever met anybody that's moved clubs as... And have you ever known anybody that's moved clubs as many times as him and Jim Hamilton? Yeah. I was going to say Jim Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> He's... He's one of the ones, Stokes, he's always kind of been on the edge of being a total tit. But he's been a good player. But I just, I don't know, I was just always doing something about him, man. You know what, he's... Can I hear transplant? Oh, aye. Maybe it's like the Simpsons, like he got that hair transplant that came from an evil person. And it's it's rooted into his brain and he's just turned into a complete crackpot. Oh, 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 they take the follicles at the back of your head, mate. It's your own stuff. Ah, yeah, that's what I say. He's took the hair off an evil person and strapped it to the top. Three Hamilton Aki's players who tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday have now returned negative results after NHS screening. It's gone bonkers, isn't it? <laughs> Aye. It's Hamilton Aki's nil, COVID-19. <laughs> I'm leaving fake off on that one. Fuck Aye. you, you're dead. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, they still need to self isolate, didn't they? Yes. Aye, they did, didn't they? Aye. So they're kind of, I don't know, man. They've, so they've got, was that a fake positive they got? It must Aye. have been. Like Lee Hodgson, Jack Anik. I think it, Rangers have known these players have had them and just had it and just fired them out the door. <laughs> what what's, what's, how was the, 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 the goalie last night? He, the heart school, did he play for something last night? Mate, fucking hell, he had the game of his life. Did he? Did he? Aye, Aye, I'm like Atty John on Celtic Daft, I odds and Edward, never missed a penalty in his career. Fucking curse. He missed a penalty last night? Aye, the dead. Somehow saved it. I didn't even know that. <laughs> but this is, uh, you know, we're just going to have to keep playing it by year, week, 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 week. Mate, do you wow. know that, mate? There is somebody after they do there, mate. That was poor, man. No, you didn't. Uh, uh, you did not. You just going to have to keep taking it each week by week. I'm just sitting here thinking they're probably going to need to take it each week by week. How did you play last night, Tom? Um, see, they were good last night. Uh, they went down a goal, obviously, pretty early on, two minutes into the game or something like that. Ironically enough, I actually missed it. I missed the goal because I was uh, I was away doing a a wee uh, thing, <laughs> but after that they were they were brilliant, man. They they really were. They were excellent. Um, I think they're I think they're a better side without and charm in the team. Aye. And uh, I big Duffy looks like a threat going forward all the time. He's just up here to get the golden boot, isn't he? So usual probably you speak Livingston at the weekend. Usual probably go tap on Saturday. And it's over to us, man. On Sunday, a very, very hard game at Easter Road, man. This is pressure for Rangers. That well, it's this is the biggest weekend yet, isn't it? Really? Ah, yeah. I would say. Aye. I would say. Aye. And um, well, we're talking about this on Rangers staff, but we've done well with the old clean sheet record. But I've got a feeling that could be a bit of an issue on Sunday. I see goals in this game on Sunday because Aye. as we're talking about again in, in Rangers staff, Hibs will only sit in. That will be, be a different game to what we're used to playing this season. So I think it'll be a. It will only be as 
Why you can all you know what they've got as well? They've got two right good fucking strikers, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And they've got Doi, Christian Doi, 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 He's good. I, I think Celtic Rangers were actually linked to him. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably will be again, man. It's before he signed, no, he signed a new contract, but Bob, yeah. he, signed, he signed a new deal with Hibs. The Hibs fans were absolutely fucking over the moon because they never thought that, they, that he would stay. So, yeah. do you know what? That's, that's kind of encouraging for me. See yeah. players, players staying at Hibs and not like, taking the money and going down to the lower leagues in England and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like to see that, you know. I think... <sighs> He is a good player, man. It's why the ones Hibs have started really, really well. They have they've started well. But a lot of few guys in my work, Hibs fans are saying they've not actually been playing that well. They're just getting the results. I feel bad, I've seen them, they've looked all right. I mean, but we'll see, man. But the SPFL and the Scottish Government are in talks about holding further test events with fans next weekend. We have view to getting supporters into the old firm game in mid-October. Yeah, fans at Parkhead. So what would so what would it be then? I think because obviously the the, the Tesla games last week it was just the home team fans, yeah. wasn't it? Obviously, I would but, assume it would only be the home team, Gredo. To be honest with you, I don't see if there's going to be fans at the Old Firm game. We'll just be Celtic fans. We'll be no Rangers fans there. Right, because you can't control who the tickets go to. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that would that would cause ructions. Imagine the amount of supporters clubs trying to get tickets for that, and you know it would be uh, fucking bonkers. See, I let me and my mates. I thought about like me and my five mates sit together, but it's like if they're going to do this, God knows the next time me and my mates will be sitting together at the game because I can't see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like my mates at Tams there, I'm here, Dale, Bert, Marcy. So it's like it's a weird one. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know, man. Just need to wait. There's, there's many important things going on, man, but it's good to get fans back to football. It needs fans. I don't, I don't see it happening this season. Neither do I. I think we're going to end up in our lockdown, to be honest with you. Uh, no, no fuckers <sighs> gain a fucking... No fuckers gain a fuck about it anymore, isn't it? Nobody's yeah. bothering their ass. It's and gone that way. It's gone that way. It has gone that way. It looks that way, man. And if, it's weird. It's crazy subject. It's too depressing, man. I know what it is. So, on the show today, we welcome former Hibs captain Rob Jones and it is my turn on the Legends Lottery. Only there's a slight problem, Trips. Well, no problem. Issue. There's an issue, right? So, I have been summoned by the powers that be at my work at River City. I need to be somewhere today. So, I will possibly not be completing the show. But... I might need to boost, and then when I boost, I will, if it comes to the point where it's the Legends Lottery, you need to do it, I might not be there, but if I've got a legend, I'll say it until right. on, I might not have one, you know what I mean, so, he's might need to date before me. Right, cool, that sounds, so you've got a Legends Lottery, and you might not be there, that's cool, mate. <laughs> yeah, I wait a minute, hold on a minute yeah. here. Right, it's a Legends Lottery, you've got to introduce the guy, for all I know, he might have dialed into Zoom by accident, this guy. <laughs> right? And if you're wanting the point, Stevie, in fact, you know what, no, that, I, I need to be the bigger man for once in my, my life. And I'll, do you know what, that's fine, mate. That's fine, because I understand uh, but how important that is. I know, no, but too, I know what you mean, because there is sometimes, right, when, when players come on the Legends Lottery and I'm like, ah, who the fuck's that? Number one, <laughs> and then number two, you're like, ah, what am I going to ask them? I have no idea. Do you know what I mean? 
So if it's somebody that we don't can, you still why, do why don't you tell us you know? Have you got somebody? Definitely. You know what? Do you know what? I've got somebody, and you know what? You still can him. And like I said, on Rangers daft, this guy has been in the press recently for very positive reasons regarding Scottish football. Is it David Tennant? No. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 it's good, but it's not right. It's Roy Walker. And on the big question, inspired by Grado's cousin from a couple of weeks ago, we are asking, have you ever been a mascot and do you have a story? But now, let's get to the man whose fingers are so on the pulse, he should have been a doctor. It's Chris Toll with his rumour mill. <laughs> Former Scotland midfielder and guest of the show, Charlie Adam, has admitted family reasons were the key for his move to Scottish Championship Dundee on a two-year deal. The former Liverpool and Rangers player told BBC Scotland it's a dream to join the team he supported as a child. He did talk about that when he was on the show, he didn't he? Aye, he did, he did. Aye. And I, I said to him at the time, I said there's no chance he's coming back up to Dundee. No, no, no. Away, yeah, fibber. Charlie boy. <laughs> and other Dundee news, funnily enough, they're mulling over a controversial move for former Dundee United striker Nadia Chifchi. Right. My God, what happened to that guy? Oh, fucking hell. Do you know what happened to Nadia Chifchi? The same thing that happened to fucking 90% of the players that signed for Celtic or Rangers for a Scottish club. Disappeared into fucking obscurity. He wasn't good enough for Celtic. Scottish Championships are about his level, I'd say. Good luck to you, Nadia. Mate. I don't even remember him signing for Celtic. It was it was a Celtic for the I don't know. I don't have any memory of him playing with Celtic. Did they get a game? Uh, Aye. He scored a few goals. A couple of goals. He was pissed. They give him number seven grade, I don't know. I mean fucking hell, we saw him. Oh, that's, that's a big tough that's a tough thing to take the number seven and number seven in the route, Celtic. They've not had one since that fucking Hardy. <laughs> Is he retired the number Hardy, seven? They've retired it for him. <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. The fucking Cause, cause we, get many, <laughs> we get that many loan fees for him. They thought, you know, like, get a guy, get a guy, he's due, and they've retired the number seven. Good on them. Right. Uh, Hearts have signed former St. Mum defender Mihai Popescu from Dynamo Bucharest on a two year deal. Popescu will be subject to a 14 day quarantine period after arriving. <coughs> that's going to become the norm, isn't it? Signing players, man, and they come. But they can't play for two weeks Aye, because they need to be It's like when Jim Farry was in charge of the fucking SFA. <laughs> there we go. Preston or Red... See, Grado doesn't get that one. Nah. <laughs> that tickled me, that one. That tickled me. That was good. I liked that one. I came in. Preston are ready to do a player plus cash deal involving Deepdale star Daniel Johnston and Rangers forward Jordan Jones. Rangers are reported to have offered two million plus in Northern Ireland International. Uh, might be a good move. I like Daniel Johnson as a player. Actually, he's he's quite tricky. He's a, he's, he's a talent. He's a good player. Um, St. Johnson. Do you know if you're watching, you're watching, do, do you know Philip like watching? Uh, watching the English English football, mate. I he's like, I always watch the see the, the magazine shows kind of thing, but when you get the highlights, not against. It's like do you do you know him for watching? Uh, for watching that. Uh, I mean, Stevie. Stevie, I'm just sitting here hanging. Does he know him for watching the hang on the hang? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking diet. It's fuck me, man. Yeah, he's got 12, 
12 goals and 8 assists last season, man. And that's a hard league to get that in, so he must be. Try to move on. St Johnson are keen to sign former Aberdeen midfielder Craig Bryson, says manager Callum Davidson. And inspired by Mark Miller's filming of Albion Rovers, Lucasfilm are set to dip their toes into Scottish football as they look to take, a, uh, to take the rights of the championship matches. The Star Wars creators are to, uh, to use the state-of-the-art 3D technology and sound effects to add another dimension to the likes of Dunfermline versus Morton. So, you've, you've maybe not heard much about that, but imagine like when somebody shifts the ball, it makes like a lightsaber noise. And when you shoot, when you hit a shot, it goes pew! Brilliant, magic, bring it on. I'm all for it. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Mate, you're fucking, you're doing the traffic now, right? And see if there's crashes on the road, man. Who would they phone? Well, basically, if you ever come across um, any road traffic accidents, you f- should phone 0808. 17, 17, 700 every morning on the Go Radio Breakfast Show. However, if you have been involved... No, you start with Polis first. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Grado. They're a crash phone, phone Grado. Fucking <laughs> hell. Right, well, aye. As I say, once everything's safe, once everybody's secure, there's no person's trapped, then you can start reporting it to the relevant authorities. If it is your vehicle that has been involved in the road traffic accident, unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with the insurance and... The best place for you to go to to deal with insurance is G4 Claims because G4 Claims are absolutely bloody fantastic. They sponsor the show. We think they're brilliant and they make it a lot easier for you. They're going to provide you with complete accident management support that you require. They'll recover their costs from the at-fault party. They're going to sort you out with a like-for-like vehicle replacement. They're also going to organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of our approved body shops and it will be returned back to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they will recover the pre-accident value for your car, write a big fat check, and best of all, it won't cost you a goddamn penny as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. G4 claims don't call call. They don't buy data. And once they've processed your claim, your insurance will remain unscathed. Best of all, Nicole and the team over there, they will take your case on unless they think they can help you. So, if you've been involved in a road traffic accident or know someone that has, get on to G4 Claims on 01698-767-172. That's 01698-767-172. Get them on the old web at notatfaultclaim.com or find them on the socials, social media, G4 Claims Limited. G4 Claims, Not At Fault Claims. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. Welcome to Football Daft, a man who arrived in Scottish football in 2006 with Hibs. He went on to become a hero at Eastern Road after captaining the club to their first bit of silverware in 16 years. He is currently a coach at Middlesbrough. It's Rob Jones. Thanks for joining us, mate. And our pleasure. Pleasure. How's it going See, at Middlesbrough? How's things? Okay, well, obviously, with the being locked down, it's been uh, quite a few months since we've we've been in the building. So, uh, I I hopefully return next week uh, to do a bit with the under-14s. So, uh, I enjoy it. It's good. Gets me out of the house. Gets me on the football pitch, which is, which is where I want to be. 
just looking back on your career, mate, you started your career in non-league with the likes of Spennymoor and Gateshead. At that time, you were also working as a teacher. What did you teach? I was a, I worked in a primary school, so I uh, I taught. It was a, a mainstream and special needs primary school, so I taught the, the special needs children to swim. Obviously, there's a big hydrotherapy pool there. That was my main job, and then uh, I taught the whole school PE. Aye. I was probably the first uh, school coach, if you'd like, uh, where basically you take the ki- get the kids from the classroom, go and teach them the PE curriculum, give them back, and then go and do your other job. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing that as, as well as me part-time. Oh, were you a, sc- were you a scary teacher? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh? no uh, I was... Oh, I don't know, quite, quite laid back, to be honest. Uh, every now and again, you, you would get one kid who, who's causing chaos, which you, you have to deal with. But uh, no, overall, it was a lovely school, lovely, well-mannered kids. Would, they, would any of them turn up to the games and shout abuse at you or anything like that? No, definitely not. <laughs> no chance, man. It's size in me. <laughs> I just was thinking, I know. <laughs> Rob, Rob, she is a, a man like, like my good self. It's got a bit of height about him. Um, I, <laughs> I would have thought, aye, centre half, definitely. But did you know start your career up front? Yeah, uh, from the age. It's funny because I, I didn't really. I played football at school uh, in primary school, but I didn't even really play for a team. Not until I probably got to first year senior school. So it'll be year seven. Uh, I was mad into my judo and all that sort of stuff. So that took priority. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, I was supposed to get created for, for judo because I, I have you get belts, don't you, to the colours and all mm. that sort of stuff. So I was, I was due to get created, but they, we all slept in, so we missed a grading. And then my friend came and picked me up and took me to, to football. Uh, if that hadn't happened, who knows where, where my path would have, would have led. But uh, I got the football book and and that, that was it really uh, but yeah I was a football I played centre forward from the age of probably 10-11 to 15 when I left York City it's not that we worked under Calton Palmer I just want to know Rob who's taller you or Calton Palmer or me all day <laughs> Calton Palmer's a, a wee bit of a personal hero I mean I'm a, I'm a Leeds fan so obviously Leeds and Calton Palmer go hand in hand what was he like to work under well, Carlton was great, uh, and I'll I'll forever be indebted to Carlton because he was the one that gave me my my chance. Uh, he, he never watched me play. Uh, it was a guy called John Hollins who used to play for Chelsea. Uh, he was the one that came up and watched me when I was playing for Gateshead, and I I signed the next day. So uh, forever indebted to the man. He was he was brilliant for me. Uh, his his tenure at the club didn't last as long as he would have liked, but uh, that was my my start in football, and uh, you know, it was. It was a great club. He was a great individual, a great coach, uh, and I'd like to work with him a lot longer than what I did. But unfortunately, that's where football goes. So you you got a move to Grimsby, is that right? Yeah, uh, Simon McElroy came in at Stockport, and uh, I knew quite quickly I wasn't his cup of tea. Uh, he wanted to sign somebody else and give him my money, so uh, he told me that I could I could leave. Uh, at that point, I could go, I could have gone back to Accrington Stanley, but I'd only just come out with a part-time football. I didn't want to go back into it, so I went. I got the opportunity to go to Grimsby with Russell Slade, and I had two years there. First year wasn't great, full of injuries. Uh, it was difficult, really difficult. But the second year went like a dream, and then obviously at the end of it, uh, we the, the, the Hibs Hibs bought me for a good amount of money, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. 
Did you know much about like, Hibs and Scottish football in general, Rob, when they came? Not, not as much as what obviously what I know now. Uh, right. But I, I knew about the, the the big five, six clubs up in Scotland. Obviously, it's on TV, it's on TV and all that sort of stuff. So you knew, you knew who it were, you knew where they were, and but you didn't really, you don't really get to know, understand the club until you actually step foot in it. It's right. it's difficult if you're not a fan then you don't understand the football club. Uh, but once you step foot in the, in the building, then you realise how big the club actually is. I remember uh, the taxi uh, parking up at the main reception when I went in to meet Tony. And it's just the, the main building. It just, it overawes you, but it's enormous. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was it, just the feeling going in was, was something special. Do you still keep track of hubs and stuff? Do you still keep an eye always. on the results and stuff, Rob? Always, always. Had a good start to the season, eh? Yeah, I was up uh, two weeks ago for the Aberdeen game. I did the... the half-time draw? Did half-time draw? Yeah. <laughs> I did the... Aussie oh, punters! <laughs> only, sell, only sell 12 tickets and it's to all the away players. Uh, I did Hibs uh, TV, so it was good. But uh, I try and get up four or five times a year. Uh, because oh. it's, it's a club that's, that's, that's really close to me, so... You're obviously a bit of a cult hero with the fans as well. A, a huge, you're not a cult hero, a, a huge hero for the Hibs fans as well. Um, because when you come up here, the first season, man, you scored in the cup final, didn't you? And helped them lift the League Cup. So, it's you know, they're always going to uh, welcome you with open arms, I would think. Yeah, it's, I have a, a really good relationship with supporters. Uh, even when I left, I left for footballing reasons and, and that was that was it. Uh, but uh, no, I didn't. whenever I come back up, it's a very warm reception. Uh, it's nice to come back to, to people that uh, that really get you and understand you and, and, and know why you do the things you do. So There's something I've always wanted to ask you. Right? Um, see, when John Collins came in, there's a rumour that he walked into the, the, train, uh, the dressing room, whipped his top off and says, this is what I expect for you. Is that true or is it a lot of shite? Well, if you're asking me, it's a lot of shite because if, if, if he did, it, I wasn't in the room. So. Right, that's all I wanted to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was your relationship like with John Collins then? It was fine. Uh, I think, looking at it from the outside in, uh, there was a lot of players, I think, still pining for Tony. Because mm-hmm. Tony, Tony is brilliant. And I only had him for three, three and a half months. He's probably one of the best minds I've ever had. And that's, yeah. that, that means something, uh, the fact that you, you didn't really get to know him as well as you, you would like. Uh, but it was, he just had an air about him, Tony. Uh, and when he walked in the room, everybody stopped and listened and took note, took note and acknowledged the guy. Uh, I think it was tough for John when he first came in because the young boys had been with Tony now for probably two years and, uh, and Tony had guided them through and helped them. Uh, Tony never shouted, uh, never raised his voice. It was always in a, a, a mild-mannered way, and that's how he got across to the boys. So I think some of them were were pining for him a little bit. By a culture shock, going from Tony Mowbray to John Collins, I take it then two completely different characters. Eh? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think some of the young boys had never been told what to do before. If you know what I'm saying, mm. uh, and it was always like uh, almost like a night and day situation. So I took took some of them a little while to get used to it. What was his training like? What was on the training field? What was he like? John Collins was he was he quite demanding? Our training was good. Training was good. Uh, but end of the day, you're, you're out on the pitch playing football and get paid for it. It should, should it should be irrelevant who's coaching you. Uh, you should want to do it as much as you can, as, as often as you can. 
Uh, well, Tony was good. Uh, him, uh, he, he sometimes he joined in. Sometimes he, he'd stand and watch from the side. But no, Tony was good. It was always at a high tempo. He'd always felt it, felt tired at the end of it. Uh, and to be fair, the, the football we played from from the time he came in was was a bit more uh, total football. So. Uh, we all had to change, especially me. I wasn't really a, fo- a footballer with the ball at my feet. I had to develop into a, 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 some sort of player who's comfortable with ball, ball at his feet and, and starting tacks off. So it was a change for everybody, really. That that, that was a really good Hibs team um, that you played with. Um, your Scott Browns, your Kevin Thompson's Whitakers, and you, you, you went on about Fletcher there just for the stuff for the, for the Patreon. Um, Obviously, you said you need to be in Scottish football to, to, to understand it, but were you really surprised at the standard of these players at Hibs? Well, I'd, when I came in, I'd only had uh, 10 days off because I played in the playoff final for Grimsby against Cheltenham uh, 10 days before. So uh, it was quite a whirlwind and quick for me. And it was quite quick to get to, to actually get to understand the, not just Scottish football, but Scottish players themselves. And I remember the, the first training session because we were we were in Europe that year, so it was it was quite a quick turnaround for me, and I was taken quite quite taken aback by the the standard of, of individuals. Uh, when I did come up, you've got uh, uh, David Murphy who went to Birmingham, uh, mm-hmm. Whitaker who, who, who departed, uh, Chris Kiln up top with with Fletch. You had Guillaume Boozlin, who's got the best first touch I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Scott Brown, Kevin Thompson. So you looked at it from that point of view, you're thinking, wow. Like I alluded to earlier, there was lots of very, very young football, young good footballers with uh, with abundance of talent. See when you see when you were in training, you played fives. Did you ever have to play against Benji? Because that oh, guy, uh, that oh, guy was a box of tricks, wasn't he, man? Ben, Benji was was a good kid, good kid. But uh, if you if you walloped him, he, he disappeared. So that was always my motto: kick him <laughs> and he <would> disappear. <laughs> So after John Collins departs, Rob, big, one of our former guests within the show, big Mixu, he comes in. What was he like to work under? Uh, Mixu was great. Uh, Mixu and Donald Park. Uh, I haven't spoken to Mixu for a while, but I speak to Donald Park quite often. Donald's quite my, a little bit my mentor from my coaching pathway. Uh, so whenever I do my badges, I come up to Scotland. Obviously, Donald's left the Scottish, FA, uh, Scottish education now, but when I came up, he was, he was brilliant for me and he's always at the end of the phone. Uh, but they were both great. Uh, Mixu was Mixu. Uh, you knew when you were on the wrong side of him and you tried not to do that. But uh, <laughs> no, he, he was... That says a lot. A guy your size being a wee bit fear of Mixu. He did come across as if he would batter fuck out you when he was on the show earlier on. No, Mixu, Mixu was a good guy. A good guy. And again, he, he got the club, if you know what I'm saying. We're talking about people who've, who've been in Scottish football and people who haven't, but he, he understood the club and he understood what the club wanted and where he wanted to go and how he wanted to play and, and what the fans wanted and all that sort of stuff. So uh, he was on. He, he knew what he needed to do quite early on. Uh, but no, he was, he was very straightforward. He knew what he wanted. Uh, Donald Park was great for him. He was great for us as, as, a, as, a, as a group and as a unit. Uh, and, and, we, and we did all right, I think. Uh, I think if we did time again, we may have changed a few things, but uh, you, you can't affect the past, you can only influence the future. Was it, was it frustrating for you, mate? You know, you were talking about Stephen Whitaker left, but also you, you had Brown and Killen and, and Kevin Thompson. Was that frustrating? A lot of the times when Habs players would go to, uh, would leave the team? No, I think it's a, it was more of a, an inevitable because... 
they, were, they were that good. Uh, and if it had gone sideways, then it may well have become a, a frustration on my point of view because you're thinking, well, why, why is he going there when this club's better than what the one he's going to? Uh, but they went for a, an awful lot of money as a group. Uh, and uh, I think Scott, Scott Brown's fee, he paid for the training ground. So uh, <laughs> you look at it from that point of view, the club still has to has to earn revenue and and and, and uh, box that way. But no, you you never begrudge a player for for moving on to passage new as long as those passage news new are uh, up up the ladder rather than down. So tell me this one then, right? Stephen and Gredo, you can close your ears for this one if you want, right? Uh, so we're at Easter Road and Rangers are beating Hibs and the Rangers fans start singing, we're gonna sign Scott Brown. Now, all the Hibs players must have thought, no, he's fucking am me, because <laughs> we know exactly where Scott Brown is going. So, what, what, was the t- what was the chat like after that? Uh, I think a few of them took the piss out of him, to be honest. Because <laughs> I think, we, like you said, we all knew he wasn't going to Rangers. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I knew, I knew he wasn't going to Rangers. Mm. Uh, I think uh, conversations had been had and questions had been answered with regard to what, what Scott Brown was doing. Obviously, you remember Scott Brown nearly went in just in January window, uh, and he stayed until the end of the cup final. Uh, but no, I, I knew Scott was going to go to Celtic. Uh, I know uh, not Newcastle came in the last minute, didn't they? With a with a outrageous bid at the, at the back end. I think he'd only been at, he'd been at Celtic a week and range, uh, Newcastle offered double his money. I think uh, to to go there, but no, I, I think the, it was all done and dusted quite early. Wait, did Newcastle come in for Scott Brown after he had signed for Celtic? Yes, they did, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. No, yeah. I didn't know that. I, here we go. A breaking exclusive <laughs> for football daft. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah. tell, me, tell me this one then. How much of a nightmare was it playing in front of Big Eve McAlambie? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was, he was, to be fair, he was nearly as tall as me, wasn't he? he was, I think he was, he was massive, man. That'll, that'll be why the ball went through his legs so often. <laughs> he, was a bit, he was a bit wiser than me. Uh, but I think it was tough for him. He was a, a young kid coming up uh, from London. Uh, he, I think he, he's, all his family and friends were in London. And he was quite close to them. So it was quite difficult for him, I think, to start with uh, coming up and then this, this expectation because ever since I, I came up, there was always grumblings about the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper does this, the goalkeeper does that. What about this one? What about that one? So there was always, uh, always grumblings about that side of it. But to be fair, he had his good days. He had his, his, his indifferent days. Uh, I don't know where he is now, to be honest. But uh, no, he was a nice kid, but just young. Young, really. At the end of that season, Rob, you were linked to a move to Leeds. And reports say you were raging. Hibs turned it down. How close did that move actually come to happen? No, not, not so close. Uh, I think... There was discussion uh, at that point between my agent and uh, I think it was Dennis Wise at the time who was Leeds manager. I don't think it really got off the ground to be honest. And the fact that people were saying I was raging, what could I be raging about? There was nothing to be raging about to be honest. There was nothing concrete. A bid hadn't gone into Leeds to from Leeds to, to Hibs to say we wanted to display. It hadn't gone in. It went, didn't even get that far. Uh, I think it was a conversation between obviously Dennis Wise and my agent at the time, and and that's as far as it got because they never, it never really got off the ground. So. For people to say that I was raging about not being able to go was so far off the mark because it didn't really get off the mark. Aye, aye. It was a not talking you um, moving to a couple of other clubs, I think. 
uh, when you moved on to Scunthorpe, you had there was the option for Nottingham Forest, and I think I think it was Derby was the other one. I'm not, I'm, don't quote me on that. But um, was was that how hard was it to choose between those two teams, and was it as hard as when you had to play against Messi? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it, well. The, the window opened. Well, didn't no, just for the window open. It was Colchester and Paul Lambert. Uh, I think he'd offered a hundred grand and he got thrown out the door. No chance. Uh, they wanted that, that. Might have been a blessing in disguise though, because Lambert moved on yeah. pretty quickly after that. You know, yeah, so he went, he went to Norwich after that, didn't he? So uh, yeah, it was a difficult one. But no, the, the Nottingham Forest one was 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 close, a lot closer than. Than most, and I'm being brutally honest. I would like to like to have gone to Nottingham Forest at, at that point. Uh, they were struggling in uh, the championship that, at, the, at that time, and they needed the centre half. Uh, Billy Davies was the manager, so obviously he knew he knew Scottish football really well. But again, they, they didn't come to a, an agreement with the two clubs, and uh, the chairman and and uh, Mick Sue said no, not for sale right now. And uh, discussions were had uh, closer towards the summer. Just to uh, let you know, um, Macalambe played with Wickham up until last year, mate. Oh, did he? Three <laughs> <laughs> appearances. Tell us, tell us about um, the game against Barcelona at Murrayfield. Then, how was? Did you get any shirt at the end of the game? I took the. I, I don't do shirts. Never have. Uh, I can't imagine you doing that. No. But I took my two little boys. Uh, they wanted one, so I, I took. Uh, I think he was bought called Caceres or something. He signed for Southampton two years ago, centre half. I never heard of him. Oh, I, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just a memento for for my little boys, and they've got it up. Uh, it's it's been framed wow. and it's up in one of the rooms. Uh, but that's class. No, it was it was a more of a surreal game to be honest. Uh, you, you start off the game with uh, Henri and Messi. To deal with, uh, then Henri goes off, and you get Samuel Eto'o, and then he moves out wide, and the young boy Bojan came on. Uh, right. So you look around as if to say, "When am I? When are you ever going to leave me alone?" And it's, <laughs> it's no, it was sensational. What a what a, an, an occasion to be involved in. Uh, not many people can sit there and say he played against Lionel Messi. So right. yeah, did he score that day? Who Messi? Aye. Messi got hat trick. All right then. Oh. <laughs> my next my next point was going to be well not many people can say that they played against Messi and kept a clean sheet but a hat trick's nearly as good isn't it no nearly as good three carbon copy goals he scored put in from the the, the right hand side whipped it in top bins each time it was against uh, Paul Hanlon was making one of his debuts Paul Hanlon was he and oh. he hadn't lined on Messi oh imagine that right man you're going to make your debut right who'll be playing <laughs> I'm no well. I, I can't come in today. <laughs> right, so Derek Riordan rejoined the club. Um, we've we've spoken about Derek Riordan on on this show before. Um, all the talent, all the talent you could you could hope for in a footballer, pure natural talent. What did you What did you make of Riordan? How talented was he? Well, he, came, he left the first time just before I signed. Uh, so I, I think he moved across to, to Celtic in 2006. I think it was a week before I signed. Uh, so I never got to know him from the, the first time round. Uh, but then when he came back, I got along with him really well. Good guy. Uh, real hips fanatic. 
really wanted to do well. Obviously, he'd, he'd gone, he'd made some money at Celtic, but that, he was just a down-to-earth guy. And people say they're the head, headstrong lunatic, but I never come, he never come across like that to me. Uh, we, we got along really well. Uh, we still get along really well. He's doing a little bit now. I think he's doing a little bit of agency work or something for someone. Or his, his own company. I bumped into him two years ago when we did a charity event up at Hibs. And, you know, he's great. We get along really well. And uh, I think a lot of the, the, the stuff that's put out there about, about him is it, it, so far from the truth. It's, it's unnecessary at times. Uh, but he's, I got along. I thought he was a great guy. So Some much point. talent, man. Unbelievable ability on the ball, man. He was like, Honestly. you must have seen it a lot too. You know what I mean? Aye. Every, every time he came on, you felt as if he was going to score a goal. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think it was just a clash of personalities between himself and Gordon Strachan, probably along the same lines as, as a few of the players and John Collins. And like Griffiths as well. Aye. But um, like, like I said, a, a phenomenally talented footballer just didn't seem to click. I don't know what it was, man. It, I, well, Strachan's got a few things to answer for right enough. But <laughs> Maybe Derek would probably uh, cater for, for this, this type of manager now because they're all man-managers now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. You do it my way, no way. Because I think Derek doesn't, doesn't go down them lines. Uh, the man-managers, like Sir Tony Mowbray at the time, who was a fantastic man-manager, uh, that they would probably, that kind of mould would get the, probably the best out of them. So you're kind of you're coaching now at Middlesbrough, Rob. Have you ever like thought about getting into management up here? Have you ever applied for any jobs up in Scotland? Because you know the Scottish game obviously have been up here. Well, I, I did the when I when I went to Doncaster, I got the player manager role, and we we actually won League One on the final day, uh, in the last minute, <laughs> promoted the championship. So I've done the management side of it, uh, which is great, and it's what I, I want at that present moment in time. It's what I wanted to do. Right now, do I want to become a manager? I don't know. Do I want to coach? Most definitely. Aye. Uh, I've said it many times. I coach not because Rob Jones wants a coach. I coach because I want to pass on my knowledge and influence to other people. Uh, and I want other footballers that I coach to have the possibility and the opportunity to have what I had. Because I, I had the best job in the world. There's no Aye. question about it. It, was, it is the best job in the world. You get paid very handsomely for it. Uh, but I also hold my hands up and say, I would have, I would have been up for free because it's just ingrained in you. That's what every young boy wants to do. So uh, for me, if I can influence a group, a club, an individual, uh, that's, that's all that, that matters to me. Uh, whether it's uh, at the moment I'm with Middlesbrough under 14s, uh, I'd love to go 18s, 23s, first team at mm-hmm. some point. I would love to, but that's in the, in the, in the, in the future. And who knows what's on the corner in football? It changes every day. So for me to say, right, I want to be a manager, I want to do this, it's pigeonholing myself. So I'm open to anything, uh, as long as I think I can go in and be a positive influence on the club, on the surroundings, and the individuals. Then yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested. Uh, and if someone feels that that I can come and do a, a job for them, then, then great. You come across as a a, a bit of a intelligent fella. Yeah, no, I was legitimately <laughs> about to say the exact same thing there. Really well. I like. I can imagine you know standing for any shit in the dressing room. If anybody starts any carry on, I can imagine you being like, oh, pst, we've got the best fucking job in the world here. Get your act together. Get your shit <laughs> together. Now. Well, you, you look at the facade of the, the bald head and the, the, the nose that's splattered all over my face and the fact that I'm six foot seven and I, <laughs> and I shout. Uh, that, is, that is a perception that probably helped me in my playing times. 
but <laughs> maybe a, a, a difficult one when I'm I'm in the coaching sur- surroundings. But no, uh, like most people, I had that switch, and right. unfortunately, that that fuse is very short. Uh, <laughs> Same not, as me. It is. <laughs> it is. It's very short and. Uh, I know what I want, and if I see that things aren't done, being done properly, then I uh, air my views, and sometimes that makes me pin people up. That sometimes it makes me have a scuffle, have an argument. I don't well, care. Uh, I know what I want, and, and hopefully I, I know how to get it and the right way of, of getting it and the right way of moving around it. But uh, if someone's standing in my way, then you're in trouble. So what you're trying to tell me is, what you're trying to tell me here is, thank fuck you never managed Derek Riordan. <laughs> no, I, I'd, I'd have loved it, imagine to Derek. Like I said earlier, we, we got along really well. Uh, and no, he's, he's he's one of those footballers. I came across a boy uh, when I was in the 23s at Doncaster called uh, Liam Mandeville, who's at Chesterfield at the moment. And he's from my, my neck of the woods. And he's a player uh, that you just don't coach. You just let him go and play. Mm-hmm. That's in the same mould as Derek. Because Derek right. just wanted to play. Just wanting to go and score goals, just wanting to run around. Uh, we're delighted to be there. Uh, and when you put uh, limits on these people, it takes away their their individual qualities and and special the talents that they have. Right. So for me, Derek was in the same mode as Ian Mandeville. Just let him play. Go, let him go and cause chaos. So as I said earlier, you you speak really well, and you mentioned that you'd been working for Hibs TV. So if the coaching thing doesn't doesn't work out for you, then there might be a future in uh, in punditry. But I take it you've watched a lot of Hibs this season. What do you th- how do you think they're doing under Jack Ross? Personally, I think that they're, they're having a great season so far. They've started really well. It was a disappointing game against Aberdeen. Uh, they just they just couldn't break them down in the second half. It was it was tough for them. And Aberdeen, you've got to you've got to doth your cap to them because they've been there, done it before. They went one 0 up away from home, and they just shut up shop. And said, basically, go on and break us down. And Hibs that on, on that day just couldn't do it. Uh, but then they bounced back really well against St. Mirren last week. Uh, and then they obviously got Rangers this weekend, which is going to be a toughie. But no, I think if you'd have, t- you'd have said, uh, what was it, five weeks, five wins, one draw, one loss uh, from the mm-hmm. first seven games, you'd have taken that with both hands without, without a shadow of a doubt, sitting second in the table. Uh, what we don't want is a, another season from like last year. Uh, so uh, the longer you can stay up as high as possible, the, the, the better for the football club. And no, he, he, he's, he's got them playing some really good players there. Really good players. Back four is really strong and solid. The keeper looks really good. Uh, big Marciano. So uh, no, it, it's it, it was it was good. It impressed me on that on that day. Other than the, the result. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we, Stephen? We were saying we were saying how the the Hibs front line could really cause Rangers problems this weekend. Um, Dodge, Dodge Dodge Nesbitt. Nesbitt. The point is that he was in the studio with me because he was injured. Uh, but I've seen him; he scored again the other night when he on the, when he when he came back. So he he came across as a as a kid who was just desperate to play and desperate to do well. Uh, and those ingredients when you when you're a footballer are vital. Brilliant, Rob. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, every week on this show we do a ninety second football daft quiz. You up for it? It's nothing like your first quiz, is it? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's not that, mate. We always do it, right? So we always put our guest football knowledge to the test. We are 90-second football quiz. 
And we've got a new leader as John Sutton scored 15. He's top of the league at the moment. And we've got Mark Wilson and Keith Lasley tucked in behind with 14. Well, the good doctor Kenny Duker and Kevin Harper just behind with 13. We've also got fellow hippies, Ian Murray there as well. He's on seven. And your old gaffer, Mixu Patalainen's on three. With Falkirk manager David McCracken still at the bottom with one. Is there anybody on that list you want to beat, Rob? Just get me above Ned. That'll, that'll do me. That'll do me. <laughs> cool, cool. Right, so we've got 90 seconds on the clock. You can't pass. You must give an answer. Your time starts now, Rob. Who currently manages Airdrie? Uh, Mixed apart then. Which keeper did St Mirren sign on an emergency loan from Hearts? Zahal or Zamal or something like it's called. Who do Hibs face this weekend? Rangers. How many goals did you score for Hibs? 14, I think it was. What Scottish club has Charlie Adams just signed for? Dundee. Who plays their home games at Galabank? For St Mirren. David Irons is the current manager at what club? Airdrie. What town do East Fife play in? Sterling. In what year were you voted Doncaster Player of the Year? <laughs> 2012. Who did Chelsea sign Kai Havertz from? Uh, by Leverkusen. Scott Booth is the manager of what women's team? Hearts. What team are nicknamed the Spiders? Livingston. In what minute did you score your League Cup final goal? 26. What Scottish team have had three players test positive for Covid? Oh, uh, St Moon. Time! Oh, I started the question so I'll finish, John. Gareth Bale is close to signing for which Premiership club? Tottenham. There we go. Some dodgy questions in there for <laughs> John. John, the answer that you've got there for that COVID one, St Mirren did have three players tested positive as well, didn't they? Aye. They did. They did. Do you know what? I'll give you that then. I'll give you that. <laughs> Hamilton, Hamilton was the answer we were looking for. I should have uh, clarified that a bit more because the whole St Mirren squad basically tested positive. Um, but uh, we'll go through the wrong answers, uh, Rob. Um, she had old Muckery and Murray, who's manager at Airdrie at the moment. Ah. Uh, you apparently scored uh, 12 goals for Hibs. Is that right or wrong? Because we that's asked this. That's wrong. That's, that's wrong. So 40. If you go that off Wikipedia, John, Wikipedia. sometimes they don't do the, the goals. friendlies and all that, and they kind of yeah. don't take that into consideration, don't they? Know? And they, only, they only count league goals, they don't count cup right. goals. Right, we'll, we'll add that to the points then. Uh, Gala Bank is a home to Anath Athletic. Um, we've got our standard Stennis Muir question in there. So Davey Adams is the current manager. Newer. Uh, East Fife playing Metal. Doncaster play of the year 2013, Rob. It was 2012-2013 season. Oh, come on, it's the same thing. You've got to give ah, that one, John. The question is in what year? It wasn't 2012 the year. Well, you, but you, but you, which season did you did you win the league? You wouldn't say 2013. You'd say 2012-2013. That's right. 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 John. He's 6'7". I'm not arguing. It's another point for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> 
Scott Bruce, the manager of uh, Glasgow City, the Spiders have called uh, it's Queen's Park. He scored your League Cup final goal in the 28th minute. No, the 28th. no, no, you've gone the 28th minute. According to the BBC Sports, it was the 28th minute. Rubbish. 26 it was. <laughs> right, okay, that's another point for Rob. Yeah, <laughs> um, man, we've got to draw the line somewhere. Somebody's going to come on and just say, no, every question I gave you was right. You are oh, seven, 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 I'll take that. Nine points, not bad at all. John, what hate you? 6-2. Oh, come on, John. I mean, it's not me and fucking talking shit ourselves for Rob. No, I mean, we've, got a, we've got a wrestler on the programme as well. I mean... I wouldn't fuck with him. There you are. <laughs> Rob, thanks very much for taking time to come on and join us, mate. It's been great chatting to you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Rob. Cheers. Cheers, Rob. Thanks very much, mate. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com Football is a short career, but what if we could wind the clock back and give some of the UK's favourite ex-pros at one more go-around? Yet yeah, one last match. Who would they choose as their teammates? Who would they pick as their gaffer? What stadium would they want to walk out at one last time? That's what we asked to club legends like Jason McAteer. I finished my career and there's, there's always that feeling I had that I always wish I'd won something with Liverpool. We should have won the Premier League. We should have won a, a trophy. John Hartson. So I, I think back and I think, you know, I, I probably, I've never got over that, you know, losing that night. Emil Heskey. Going to Birmingham and it just wasn't the same, you know. They wasn't confident enough in their ability to actually hit that pass, mm-hmm. but Steve had just gone bang, 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 and it was it was uh, it was it was great to play with. Season one is coming soon to Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now and see why it's never too late for one last match. One last match with who knows wins. Put your money where your mates are. It's once again time to try to give away some Beer 52 and we have two cases up for grabs this week on the Pro Set Playoff. In front of me I have the 91-92 season Pro Set cards um, and we get a contestant on to play one of the boys to see if they can guess the player before them. And this week we welcome Shire supporter John Conlon. How you doing John? Hello, lads. Good, good. How you doing John? Welcome my man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, the shiny pie, the shiny pie, the na 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 na. The shiny pie, the shiny pie, the na 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 na. How many teams do you support, though? I, I, I support whoever my, my pals play for in Selic. And my, yeah. mate played, my mate played Maybe, for the Shire for years. My cousin played for the Stirling and all, mate. Hey, who's that? Squib, Mark McKenzie. Mark McKenzie, aye. Aye, he played for you, mate. He's do, you remember Gra- do you remember Graham McGee, big centre half? <laughs> Aye. Is that your neighbour as well? That's my pal. That's <laughs> my pal. We had a good result on Tuesday there. We pumped Falkirk on Tuesday. John. Oh, hey, hey, John. Oh. 
won't talk. It was a, it's a pre-season friendly. These are meaningless things anyway. We'll fucking pre-season friendly in September. Who's the best player to play for East Stirling shot and it's history? Oh. Big yeah. Hizzy. I had a goal there for Wales back in the 60s. It was a Welsh cap for 50s, I think. But I can't Evel Schreitel. I don't think it was him. <laughs> so, John, we'll get cracking on with the quiz. The rules are really simple. I'm going to read a description from the 91-92 Pro Set playoff cards. Um, you've got to buzz in. The first, the person that buzzes in first gets the answer. But you can only, once you've buzzed in, you can't continue in the game. So, first to two... Um, and if none of these buzz in, I'll flip over the card so you can see the player and get try and guess who it is, right? Um, but first of all, we need to hear your buzzer, John. What's it going to be? Uh, 180. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to draw it. Is anybody you would like to play, John, in particular? It doesn't matter. I don't. No, I, know, I know I'm on form, man, but you're sitting there talking about fucking goalies for the 60s and all that. Wales cap goalies. So you can... I've got a feeling you're going to be good at this, mate. Right, well, okay. We'll do the draw. And the name we've drawn out today is Stephen. Yeah. Oh, the aff. Stephen, what you've got to put my name in that fucking hat, John? <laughs> <laughs> you're desperate to play Chris, aren't you? Um, um, I need to redeem myself after getting my arse scalped off that last guy. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, what's your buzzer going to be? Pedro Mendes. Right, okay then. <laughs> Right, here we go then. First card coming out, and this player is a Celtic goalkeeper. He's been first choice goalkeeper for Celtic Park for 12 seasons. Join them. Pedro Mendes! No, John was in first. Pat Bonner. Pat Bonner. 1 0, John. That was an easy one, that one. That was an easy one. It's an easy one, that one. I'm a goalie. Actually, I fucking buzzed. Fucking Shire were in before me. Right, here we go then. Next player. He's got a name, mate. (laughs) <laughs> next, next player up this player is one of the most exciting talents in Scottish football and is now in his second spell at Tynecastle after six seasons as a regular selection he moved to Newcastle for 750,000 in 19 John, John we in there John Robertson John Robertson correct answer oh, is Robert. oh, oh, 2-0 white yeah, yeah, captain Milk weight, John, milk weight, mate. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're absolute dog shit at this, man. I'm the best on this. You're a fucking redneck at this game, man. That's my first loss. I take the week off, man, and he's got pumped, man. (laughs) John, well played, mate. Honestly, well Well done, John, my man. I get in there, big Thanks for listening to the show, bud, and thanks for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. There you go, John. Two crates of beer heading your way. Uh, and remember, if you want to play like John, get onto our Twitter at Football Daft Pod. You have to be over 18 and stay in the UK. And remember, you can get a crate of beer 52 for just the price of the postage and packaging. They'll send you beers from across the world from lots of small batch breweries. So you can get that right now at beer52.com forward slash daft. Beer52.com forward slash draft. Just pay 4 95 for the postage and packaging and you'll get a carryout for the weekend. So there you have it. And if you want to get on next week, get on the socials. Football Daft's Big Question. Right, before we get to this week's big question, we need to head back to last week's where we asked, have you ever been verbally abused by a footballer? We had a last... <laughs> 
we had a last minute effort from Peter who said this. I know it's late for the big question, but my wife and mother-in-law, who is deaf, we are signing to each other at a Motherwell v Dundee United match, calling David Hanna a dirty bastard. As his mum is also deaf, he responded in sign language, agreeing with them. That's brilliant. That is good, man. And also, on our Patreon-only podcast, Rangers Daft this week, our guest pundit Aaron told us that Gianluigi Buffon gave him the finger at the Rangers v Parma game back in the day, but that doesn't compare to Grado's story about Alan Coombe, which he's desperate to tell. I know for the wee think about it, it's not that good that story to be honest with you. You've heard it before, haven't you? Busy that good, man. Come on, you need to spell new. Uh, no, I just me and my mate Greg, we went to we were at the beer hall before the game and all that, we got tanked up and we're at the game. And then at half time we were right down the enclosure, we were row A, and Alan Coombe at half time was either the sub goalie or was the goalie coach. And I was like, Here's Alan Coombe. Who the fuck's Alan Coombe? Alan Coombe, man, remember Alan Coombe back in the day? So we just spent the full 50 minutes going, Kim, 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 right? And Alan Kim was fucking raging. He turned around to us and just stared us out. Now that way, when he walked after he got the tunnel, he just pure stared us after he said, You fucking shoot my name. You fucking shoot. You try to ban me up. Jesus. And that's my story, man. Yeah, I bet you were shaking that yourself. Was- that was Gradle's story there. So on to this week's question. <laughs> Do you know what? See halfway through you telling that story. I just remembered you told us it on Rangers Daft. I'm going, oh for fuck's sake, man. Good. <laughs> so on to this week's question. <laughs> After Gradle's cousin came on the Legends Lottery to talk about his time as a mascot at Kilmarnock, we thought we'd put it out there to see if anybody else has been a mascot. And have you got a story? Any stories for you? Oh, told you must have a story, but I'm not, I'm not fucking telling you. How? Oh. Any time I mention anything about when I was away, and it's, oh, yeah, the fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a good man. That, that's you must have a good story, yeah. I want you know the story, right? I was meant to be the mascot for Celtic versus Borussia Dortmund in Germany. And, <laughs> you know that? Like, go and tell a fuck to yourselves. <laughs> that's fucking brilliant. Again, it's just... It's no, again, it's not just a, a mascot, it's something in fucking Germany. Were they going to fly your fly with the team and all that? No, mate, that, was, that was the game that I actually flew over with the team that Paul McStay bought with the shoes. <laughs> I was going my next line, wasn't it? They're going to fly you and let you meet the players and buy you sweeties and all that. Stefan Shapley, <laughs> Stefan Shapley sat, bought me a Toblerone. <laughs> so why did you get, why did you get um, drapped? It, fucking, I think it was like insurance or some shit like that. I couldn't get cleared for it. Cause I, I was no long after my operations. Hey, fuck up, man. Hey, fuck up, man. Alright, I'm, I'm not talking to you anymore, sorry, man. Sorry, mate. I forgot about your operations and that. Sorry, mate. <laughs> you didn't even know about them, you're prick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Callum says my cousin's daughter was a mascot for the Falkirk game. However, she <laughs> This is, so, this is along the same lines as my story. My cousin's daughter was a mascot. I'm not going to tease you, but did they just like... Because, come on, that, that is quite bad if you know if you were rogied up. No, I didn't, know, I, didn't know I, was, I didn't know I was going to be the mascot. My dad never told me. It was a surprise. But it got cancelled. What did he tell you when you were 30 no, or not, something like that? After, after the game, <laughs> what, I'm fucking sick fed up with the sight of you, man. Honest to God. 
on my way home. When I sit you down when you're 30, Chris. I know that. Aye, look, this is honestly, it's been eating away at me for years. Aye, aye, aye. Tom, Tommy, say, Tom, back at my door. Listen, Chris, I have no stopped thinking about this since fucking 1994. You know the way Paul McStay came in for a bag of seats? I tell you one better than that. You're supposed to be the mascot that night, son. Dad! No! No! I had to tell you, Chris. I had to tell you. Why could you not have just taken it with you? It was insurance purposes, Christopher. It was insurance purposes. It was not long after the operation. You've known this whole time. <laughs> That's it. I can't oh, even look at you in Uda. This is like fucking something. This is like something that would be on River City. I know, mate. I, I'm writing it down, mate. It's going in next week's it, man. Turn in the with the rest of your family. Did you just know about this? Turn them out of the cousin you don't like. Nah, of course you fucking knew, didn't you? Of course you knew. <laughs> It's your fault to get cancelled, wouldn't it? Sitting there with a fucking bag up. I know, Chris. We <laughs> <laughs> all know. What is it you want me to say that we all know? We all love these stories. Honestly, it's the fucking, it's gold, mate. I love these stories for you, I mean, for the first time, isn't it? I was a mascot. I was a flat. Now the, you can get the flag bearers. Aye, Brooks. Were you? I don't know anymore. One. You don't. <laughs> aye, no. We pure can't take it when he says stuff like that. No, I mean, I've, fucking, I've, I've, I've just sat there for five minutes taking pills off using these can't take one. I know. It's double standards, and I feel bad about it. I'm sorry, Tom. No, you're right. But we're, no, we're fine. Mate. It's cool, man. As a flag bearer, man, <laughs> Barry Ferguson. Rangers were playing Falkirk. Wait, is we? 24. Seriously, I'm no joking. I was, I was like early 20s. I was. Oh, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't go by age, it goes by shirt size. Aye, uh, I, was, I was fucking, I was like, I'll do it. Up hospitality and all that, but out with the flag and all that shit. But when I done it, Scott Arfield played for Falkirk at the time. I was at that game. Were you? And he I was ran out. at that game. I was giving loads of abuse to the, the flag bearers that were going <laughs> in the park. It's a story here. There's no story. It's, a story. it's, just, it's just that Scott Arfield ran out and I was pure cheese on myself. So we were like, oh, look, here's a wee man. How you doing? And I went, all right, mate, foot nothing here. And then we signed Scott Arfield. It's up there with the coom story, man. How <laughs> did you know you <laughs> By the way, that's worse than the coom story. Right. I right, bet. Right. I've enjoyed that, that man. Right. That's good. Callum has phoned in to say. He's phoned in, has he? My <laughs> cousin's daughter was a mascot for Falkirk game. However, she broke her leg before the game. Rather than cancelling, the club organised for her favourite player, Will Vox, to carry her out to the centre circle and back again. That is class. That's there a- you went, Stevie. They must have a good insurance company. <laughs> 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 that is classic. Four claims. <laughs> so Scott said they got to fly the Champions League flag at Celtic versus AC Milan in 2005. What a night I was there that night. I remember you well, Scott. Brendan won a competition to be the mascot when Morton played the Commander in the CIS Cup at Rugby Park in 2009. I was at that game. It had been announced beforehand that Kevin Kell was getting his first call to the Scotland squad, but wasn't playing for Kelly. 
that night, that night, so he was in the players' lounge before the match, and my dad was up congratulating him on his call up, acting like his pal. That's a beautiful story from Brendan. <laughs> and Murray has got in touch to say, I was a mascot once for Queen's Park. Loved the day and got to run out next to Grado's pal, Ricky Little. Ah, <laughs> that's class. I'm going to tell him he's on this podcast this week. Maybe he'll listen. Craig says, I was a mascot at Celtic versus Dunfermline Scottish Cup final in 2007. <laughs> Last out the tunnel was Jim McIntyre. Before the game, I said, all right to Rod Stewart, and he denied me. Prick. <laughs> 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 Greg says, I was a mascot for Clyde Bank versus Cowden Beef Ooh. in the 1992-93 season because my pal's dad knew someday. I remember running out for a kickabout with the players before the game. One of them told me to try and scout the linesman with the ball. While he was checking the nets, the ref let me keep the one pound coin for the coin for the coin toss. Happy that, happy with that. My mate's dad said it'd be five nil, and it did end up five nil. I went to the changing room after the game to get my program signed by the players. Saw far too many grown men's willies. I can still smell the smell the, I can still smell the rowjets today. <laughs> let me say that last bit there. I can still smell the rowjets today. <laughs> <laughs> The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. Let's take a delve into the pick and mix of Scottish football and see if we can pull out a fizzy cola bottle. As once again, it's time for our Legends Lottery. Each week, one of the team is tasked with finding a former hero, getting him on his show. Then you rate how good they were out of five. Stephen leads with 19.3. Chris is second on 13.9. Well, I'm at the back of the game on 12.5. But before we find out who is on this week, let's, of course, find out Chris's score for last week. So we had uh, Michael Gardine on last week. Bit of a short interview because he had to go elsewhere. We'll get him on again, uh, but that kind of reflected a bit in the scores, I'm afraid, Chris. So Michael only got a 3.3. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm all right with that, but I think Michael will show his true colours when we get him back on the show because... I I didn't do him justice. No, honest, no. I didn't do him justice. But so where does that put me? You're right, still at the bottom, Dafty. It's me to get the points. Right. Oh shit. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, so well done, Tol. You are still second place. Um, I've got a feeling that um, I'm going to catch you one day. Uh, I'm on seven. I'm, I'm on seventeen point two. What am I on? Twelve point five. Yeah, twelve point five. It's going to take a couple of years. It's going to, it's going to take a couple of sick days in that for you for me to get uh, up to where you are, isn't it? I know, and you're likely to have sick days before me. So, what <laughs> I know, man. Right. Well, we're recording this uh, this wee part of the show separate for the main show. Is uh, Bob? He is one of the most busiest men. You've wrote here he's the busiest man in Scotland. He's not as busy as me, all right. Uh, so, as a result, Bob has had to go away day social media for River City to discuss his character's upcoming. I better not write that. This <laughs> <laughs> is his upcoming death. Is that right? Is he getting killed up, uh, River City? No, that, that was a wind up. I, I, I said that that was a wind up. We get, <laughs> we get pulled. Well, we get pulled he still, he still wants us. He, he still wants us part of the show to happen. So please welcome to the show, the creator of Kingsman, Kickass. Did he write Avengers Civil War? He did. Avengers Civil War. My God, I've seen that. He's now a legend of Scottish football after launching a state-of-the-art camera system set to change the way football is viewed in this country and potentially elsewhere. And it all starts with his home team of Albion Rovers. Please welcome yes. none other than Mark Miller. 
Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing, Mark? Oh. Hey, not too bad at all. Hey, yeah. It's it's good to get you on the show. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, not at all. Not at all. I need to avoid work. I'm a bit gutted because it's the Legends Lottery part of the show. Stephen's starting to make a bit of a, a gap between himself and me and Grado now, and I think yeah. you're definitely going to put him over the top here with this one because you will attract uh, people who wouldn't normally listen to the show. Uh, so we're going to talk about football, though, before I start going off on my fanboy rant after, after the football talk, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about football. Mark, talk us through... What, what you've put in place, not just with Albion Rovers, but with other clubs in Scottish football. I'm really I'm really excited about this, to be honest with you. So am I. I I'm genuinely excited about it. It's, you know, in lockdown, everybody was going mad. And like you were just bored. And one good thing about doing what we do is the job's quite creative and you can do it from the house and come up with ideas and things, you know. And I just do that all the time. So whether I'm writing comics or films or, or whatever, you know, I just love coming up with new ideas. So lockdown, in a way... I could sort of escape it by just thinking about other stuff, you know? And I went to bed one night and I was saying to my wife, I'm really worried about Albion Rover. Like, <laughs> <she was> like, <laughs> I say that to my missus every night when I'm going to bed. <laughs> and she was like, why? And I was like, well, I was on Facebook and one of my pals, who's a massive Rovers guy, you know, he was retweeting this thing saying, uh, you know, they need 10 grand to get through summer just to get through to the new season. And I was thinking, God, that 10 grand's not going to go far. You know, like, I mean, the drink spill alone in the boardroom, you know, it's like, it's going to go quick, isn't it? So, like, I was kind of like, well, what's going to happen if there's a second wave and all that? You know, like, these clubs are getting wiped out, you know? And, and I really, I was quite disturbed. I went to sleep and then I woke up early next morning. And it's the way it works with a film for me sometimes as well, like a comic, an idea, that you get up and you start scribbling notes and you start thinking, right, okay, here's the solution to this thing. So what I did was, um, and I thought it has to be televised in some way. It has to somehow get lower division football on TV. But there's the obvious problem with that, which is there isn't a big enough audience to justify a 20 grand van sitting in the stadium, like mm. sending this stuff back to ITV or BBC or whatever. Not and just that as well, Mark. You know, if you if you sit a 20 grand van outside Clifton Hill, yeah. when you come back, <laughs> the wheels are away, mate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that was the thing. I was just like, there has to be some way around this because it's so expensive to televise football. And that's why it's just Celtic and Rangers and Hearts and Hibs, you know? So, like, um, so I, I spoke to some TV guys. I phoned the heads of BBC, ITV and everything. They were saying, look, this is impossible. It can never happen. Uh, just the numbers don't add up for this. And uh, But then I got talking to a, a couple of interesting guys. Ian McNowney, who's the SPL chairman um, at Stenhouse Muir. He's a really interesting guy, you know, like, it's funny because Scottish football, you imagine it's a bunch of old guys, you know, who are living in 1955 or something like that. But Ian's like, you know, probably about 40 or something like that. He's ex-army and all this kind of thing. He's just, he's not what you'd expect. And he's got a really interesting day job and everything, you know. So I was kind of like, you know, he seemed like a great ally. Once I got speaking with him, you know, he came up with some great stuff. And uh, he was, he was really interested in this. And we were trying to figure out a way to do it. And he said it would be cool to stream it in some way, but that could be cheaper. And we talked about the idea of all the games being played in one stadium and then all streamed, you know, like between nine and five, Saturdays and Sundays, stream all the games for the for uh, League One and Two, you know. Um, and but that just seemed, it just seemed like a massive hassle. Everybody wants to use their own grounds and all this, you know. And then I spoke to a pal of mine called, called uh, Liam Nugent, and he's got a digital platform company. And I put him in touch with Ian. And then we all just started a wee email chain and we were just, and they came up with this brilliant idea which is cheaply streaming all the games out to anybody who wants to see them. 
So it's kind of like, you don't even have to be confined to Scotland now. What you can do is you could watch an Albion Rovers-Stenhouse-Muir game if you live in Taronga in New Zealand. You know, you just pay a small fee and then you can watch the game. And it monetizes things for the clubs. It means the clubs can actually get paid and see through this bad time. It means people can see the football, the, play, the players can play, the league continues. So the Premiership will be fine. They'll be looked after because they're so rich. But this could give us a Premiership-type deal at a lower level. No, I actually think that this could put the, the lower leagues over the Premiership in money terms eventually, which is going to open up a whole lot of doors for, for the future of Scottish football. I, I spoke to John and Grado and Stephen about this last week, and I'm buzzing about this, I really am. Yeah. I, I really am. It's, it's something that I believe should have been done a long time ago. A long time ago. I mean, there's no reason. Scottish, Scottish football clubs should have taken the rights to their, their own games yourself and done this what you're doing a long time ago you know it's funny though it sometimes just needs that we shove doesn't it and it's yeah. interesting like sometimes bad times can create quite good things you know like if everything is lost then everybody's like okay we have to rethink the wheel and, and that's that's kind of interesting isn't it maybe it took something catastrophic before people thought well let's take a risk instead of the 400 people who show up on a saturday just keeping our head above the water let's think massive you know this could be huge like see my cousins in canada australia and new zealand they can't wait to see these games because the first thing they do when they come back to Glasgow is let's go and see an Albion Rovers game or a Celtic game or something. Aye. Mark, talk us through the, the, the bit of kit that you're using because, I mean, I've had a look, a look up the Argos catalogue. You kind of get one of them and <laughs> Where did you get that bit of kit? That looks... Where did you get that from? Well, it's, it's an Israeli company, you know, like uh, it's a thing called Pixelot and uh, it, it's just tech I didn't even know existed. It's absolutely mad. So you can... You can actually watch the games, rewind what you've just seen, zoom in and have a wee look to see if that header was as good as you thought it was. And, uh, and then it's all tied in with this AI package that my pal Liam's come up with, which is um, where you basically, the referee's wearing this Robocop style thing on his, on his watch and everything he's, he's seeing is coming on TV and you can watch it from all different angles. Now, this is, I mean, it's, it's bonkers. It's, I mean, it's like Blade Runner or something. I, I didn't even think this tech existed, but the guys... The guys assured me it does, and then I was delighted when we went out and saw it all working and looking brilliant. So answer me this one then. We've got, the referees have got this on their wrist. Yeah. Does that mean that they can check a decision on the spot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you think in the long run that this could potentially replace VAR? Oh, definitely. I think so. I think Rangers are in trouble now that now that, uh, you know, the referees are going to be unbiased now, it's a computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Come on, I didn't even on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark, I said, I've, I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time, but obviously explain to Grado and Stephen earlier on that you once done an X-Men and uh, all the goodies wore green and white and all the baddies wore red, white and blue. That's right, yeah. What, yeah. what was your I, thinking behind that? What was your thinking? <laughs> <laughs> don't, you don't need to answer that one. <laughs> no, it was funny because it was basically nobody outside of Glasgow got this, you know. And yeah, what it was was I had uh, the X-Men came to Scotland as part of this big international storyline where they travelled all over the world. And then there was a big fight in Scotland and the bad guy was wearing a Rangers top. But to anybody else, it's a T-shirt, you know. And like, Wil I somehow manoeuvred the story so that Wolverine was freezing and put on a Celtic scarf to try and stay warm. And the big conclusion is him stabbing, <laughs> stabbing the body in a ranger stop. You know, it's like, I don't know what was going through my head. You know? I, I, think, I think I know what was going through your head, but we best know. Because you get enough other questions. <laughs> no, but I've, I've got another superhero question. Have you ever thought about writing a dwarf superhero and making a movie about him and casting a guy for Coat Bridge? <laughs> You know, Wolverine's, Wolverine's supposed to be five feet tall. 
Is that right? Well, yeah. uh, Hugh Jackman doesn't want to play him anymore, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the weird thing, Wolverine in, in the comics is only five feet, but like uh, in the movies, Hugh Jackman's six foot two or six foot three. And they I had to get around this in the film, and they always had the guy who played Cyclops standing on a box. Don't know if you've ever noticed it. James <laughs> Marsden's only five foot ten, so they put him on a box whenever he's in any scene with Hugh Jackman. Really? I never noticed that. I love the X-Men mm-hmm. movies, but, but my favourite ones that you do are the Kingsman movies, man. I fucking yeah. love them. There's I'm, one I'm, set, I've got one in the house that nobody's seen because of COVID. It was supposed to come out, it was supposed to be out months ago, and then right. it was supposed to come out in September, uh, wow. and then it got bumped back. The premiere was last week, and sure. we had to bump it back, so it's, it's going to be Valentine's next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally the only person that's seen this. I'm just sitting watching it like it's a whole I, Until later on, when I come round and chop your door. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and you should pirate it. Why don't we pirate it? We'll go around the pubs and we'll sell it. By well, Owens is open again, so... Oh, Happy days, go. man. I mean, I think if, if I were it, we could probably make about 25, 30 quid out of this. Aye, and that, that could get you another one of the referee hangs for the run. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, what's, what do you hope in the future uh, with regards to football? Are you going to be uh, moving this out to other platforms, other teams, other countries? Is that, the, is that the big idea? Is that the big plan? Well, it's interesting, actually, because we pl- I planned it as an Albion Rovers rescue, you know, like I say. But then I realised we had to make this more than just Albion Rovers very quickly because otherwise there's no other clubs, there's no other clubs to play if they all go under, you know. So the idea was to try and get everybody in on it. But I'll tell you what's amazing, 24 clubs came in on it. And I thought we'd get 10 or something. I thought maybe over time you would see success and then people get in on it. But they they realised this is the only option. This is what's going to save us in a second wave or even just another restrictions, you know, where you can't get people in the stadiums. And uh, Albion Rovers, because it's quite quiet, it's actually not too bad. You can space everybody out quite well. You know, but some of the busier clubs in, uh, in League One, you know, it's, it's going to be a wee bit harder. But, like, uh, I've realised that I think it's going to catch on everywhere. I think in England this is going to be big, and I think it's going to be international really, really fast. Um, especially in this time, I don't think people will waste time either. I think this is going to go mega. And I'm actually not making any money out of it. I mean, because a couple of people said to me, oh, is this your company and everything? I was like, no, no. Uh, we, we literally just set this up and we donated cash and then we we're stepping back and letting the guys get on with it, you know? So if it becomes mega, I'll see nothing out of it. But the one thing I will be delighted about is that we still get lower division Scottish football. Because I'd hate it. Imagine all the games were just the big games. You, I love going to these wee clubs and it's like the Bruins, isn't it? You know, when everybody, everybody knows each other in the stadium. I know every single person sitting at Albion Rover Stadium. I mean, you're standing waiting on a pie, you're talking for half an hour to somebody, you know, it's, it's nice. You don't, you don't get that anywhere else. You know what? It's, I, I fully agree with you, but Grado and Stephen slagged me because I used to go to all different clubs to watch to watch football when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a season ticket at Albion Rovers for a few years. I've been at Easter when I went to Falkirk, Wraith Rovers, Airdrie, you name it. Yeah. I've been everywhere, right? And they too ripped the absolute push out of me for it. But this is the sort of thing that's going to bring these clubs back to the fore. And... I I'm, I've, I know I keep saying it, but I'm buzzing about this. I really am. I think it's going to be great. Not just for Scottish football, but for football in general across the across I think it'll democratise it again because there is something weird, isn't it? You kind of forget that Celtic and Rangers and all that are just local clubs. They, mm. they just started as local clubs and then they grew into these machines, Manchester United and everything. But there's nothing stopping things from just going mental. There, there could be too much money coming into Albion Roberson, which I, I kind of love the idea of them just making too much dough, you know, and you could... God knows what you could do at the stadium. You know, you could buy some brilliant new players and everything. You know, mm-hmm. like, within a year, Scottish football could look quite different with this. You know, I agree. Is, is this going to be ready to go for the start of the 
this season in the world. Oh, yeah, it's, it's operational. It's now operational. I mean, I don't know. With, you know the restrictions change every day. I'm not quite sure what's going on. But, like, uh, there's supposed to be a night. Uh, there's Albion Rovers Stenhouse Muir game that we've been invited to watch and just see the whole thing up and running. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they were the two clubs that were kind of at the forefront of this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be quite nice. You know, there's there's a wee bit of it. It's like a twin town, isn't it? Like, like Stenhouse Muir now feel it are we affiliate club and I kind of I like them. Yes, you know, I'm kind of rooting for them now. I, I said, but you're saying uh, uh, you can't tell us to any fans that because they think that they're a bigger club than Albion Rovers. We know that they're not really right, but they, they think that they're, you know. So just don't don't alienate them at the beginning of your lovely relationship. <laughs> is what I'm saying, Mark. Well, it's funny. I went to see an Albion Rovers Celtic game a couple of years ago, and I mm. always thought of myself as about fifty fifty Albion Rovers and Celtic. Right. And then it was actually weird because I was obviously in the Albion Rovers ends, mm. and I saw Celtic score three goals in the second half, and I actually felt sick. And it was really weird, and I, and I realised <laughs> I'm about 75%, 25% of my Albion Rovers game. Ah, uh, well, the, the next X-Men comic only to have red, red and yellow outfits in, my man. <laughs> I'll get it in Kingsman, I'll get, get it in Kingsman somehow. Make, aye, make, make, make Taron Edgerton wear an Albion Rovers strip. Right, <laughs> that's brilliant. Bring it on. Well, it's funny, we're, we're doing a film with Charlize Theron at some point, and my plan was always to get an Albion Rovers top on her, you know? Get, bring like, her again. Well, you know, what you know, it's weird. Brad Pitt comes out quite a lot. Brad Pitt comes to Glasgow a lot, and you'd be surprised the number of people from Hollywood to hang about. You know, and like Brad Pitt comes once a year up to Glasgow. He absolutely loves. It. Really, I did not know you that. Oh yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He's, what he does is he jumps on the train. He's usually in London for something. He'll put on a baseball cap and a pair of sunglasses. Come up to Glasgow, spend two or three days, just by my I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen him in the Brooklyn front last year. I knew it. <laughs> right. Do you know? Do you know? Listen, Gredo. Do you know how Brad? You know? Do you know how you know that Brad Pitt's a Celtic fan? How's that? Because he looks like one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I seen him. Sh- I thought I seen him chatting uh, Royal Britannia with the Union Bills last year. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't know the words but listen Mark I know that you're going to be pushed for time mate and I really appreciate you coming on the show oh, no, it's, been, it's been a great eye opener and again for a guy for Coke Bridge to, to have brought this to Scottish football is a huge shot in the arm not only for Scottish football but for football all over the place so and thanks very much for getting Stephen another perfect fucking score for the <laughs> that was super man that was really good man really really good that's, that's the only downside to this you know, I'm sitting know. here talking to one of my heroes and I know that Stephen's getting the fucking rub for it and I'm raging. I'm raging. <laughs> Stephen's a legend, what can I say? Aye, you know? well, he's a legend <laughs> in his own house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark, th- thanks very much for coming, mate. Not at all. All the best. All the best, guys. Right, all bye-bye. Right. Right. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com What do you you think you're at then, Grads? I know we're missing Stevie, he had to boost, uh, but I've I've enjoyed it this week, man. It's been good, man. We've had a Hollywood guy on, we've had Rob Jones, (laughs) um, but what we haven't had is a certain story about you, possibly, I mean... You've touched on it before, but you've never managed to get around to it. I think it's a day. I want to know about that time you nearly got in Big Brother. Gredo, Stevie's not here, mate. I can't do it without him. Right, fair to us, mate. Hey, okay, we hear the Alan Coombs story again, though. Is that funny? Was it that bad? 
Why is my bad at all? Yeah, I, was, I was on camera because I thought he was going to jump into a crowd like that hamburger player and get you down. Booms! Right, I'm off before you. I want to go watch the Rangers. What channel are they on? Eh. Uh, Rangers TV. You've probably got yourself a membership already, big man. Just take your details in. Oh, no, I'll just use yours. Right, I'll catch you later, prick. <laughs> Ah, is it just me and you then, John? Great one, you know. That's just it, that's the outro done then. Let, let, no, let's do, let's do something that none of the two of them know about. Alright, okay, aye. Alright, what can we do? Right, let's, let's put it out to, to the listeners, right? If you had to, what one of them would you winch? Would you winch Grado or would you winch Stephen? Who would you winch? Um, you know what? I'd give them both a big hug. But my girlfriend wouldn't be too happy if I winched one of them, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, but you've got to choose one. You're making the listeners choose, Chris, you've got to choose one. I tell you what, I'll put it out to the listeners and if we get enough, if we get enough answers for this, then I'll give you my answer next week while the two of them are on the show. Right, okay then. So get uh, let us know who you'd like to winch, Gradle or Steven, and then we'll find out who Chris wants to winch. I'm going to, I'm going to put my cards on the table and say Gradle just because of the height. Because I will. Ah, well, that's a good point. I might need to go for Stevie so that I'm not on my tiptoes too much. True, true, true. You'll have to have a think about it, and you can let us know next week. Right, okay, doc. I'll do that, mate. But listen, thanks very much. We had a great fun this week. Absolutely. All the best tips. Rate, subscribe, review. Get onto the Patreon. Sign up there. Patreon.com forward slash football daft, and you can get Chris on Celtic daft. And you get Stephen and Grado on Rangers daft every week. And until next time, see you soon. Audio frontier.